0: Chaz, Big Ticket Wolf, and Adam Shoulders, and got some Kurt Stubb stories in, some real good ones, uh, some guys questioned your work ethic, and then uh, Saturday went to uh, Applebee's with uh, Petrus and uh, Chaz, and Chaz uh, showed us all about the uh, correct order for these appetizer samplers, so I, mean, I, learned, I learned a lot of non-basketball stuff in Fort Wayne.
1: Well, I can I can um, confirm the uh, the basketball work ethic is uh, is uh, I wouldn't make the team right now to tell you the truth with this work ethic I have going right now. Yeah, shoulders
0: needs to get a uh, like a CrossFit camp or you know a wrestling camp, something you're really into. In <laughs> <out there. laughs> well, Corey, maybe I'm, a playoff hockey camp.
1: Oh, a little playoff hockey. Yeah, I've, uh, well, I think we got about one more night of that here in Columbus. So. <laughs> Uh, we'll all be we'll all be pulling our Buckeye, Buckeye gear back out by tomorrow morning. So, um. can
0: I say one more thing about the long weekend? Though I did um, get to spend the drive there, an hour drive there, listening to uh, your podcast with Shaz, and uh, I only almost went off the road once when he said that thing about the Adidas
1: shoes. But uh, <laughs> a tremendous episode. He caught me off guard with that. You know, strong. <laughs> so. What I want to do here, I was I'm going to rewind. Uh, I know you guys uh, and you yourself were in Fort Wayne for the uh, for the big run and slam this past weekend. One of the best, mm-hmm. one of the best uh, non-live period, uh, non-shoe brand uh, events. But uh, the week before that, you were in Atlanta for the first leg of the Nike Eybl. And two things I want you to kind of talk about here. First of all. Um, the the trip to Atlanta, uh you know, you you drive down there. uh You were with TJ, correct?
0: So I was with TJ Petrus, and I was supposed okay. to be with TJ Kelly. So it's oh, Thursday makes sense. Night. Yeah, it's well I'm supposed to be with both of them. So it's Thursday night, and we're leaving Friday at nine a.m. I'm expecting both of them. It is about eleven thirty p.m. Neither one of them's here. So, um. Uh, uh, Petrus, for some reason, was going to come all the way down from Canton to go to a Midnight Avengers movie by my house, come back to my house, sleep for a couple of hours, and leave out in the morning with me. I guess his Greyhound got canceled. TJ Kelly ends up taking the Greyhound. We don't hear from him for 24 hours, maybe more. (laughs) Takes the Greyhound from Detroit to Chicago to downtown Atlanta, has to figure out the metro stops in downtown Atlanta to get to the suburb where the games are, calls me, wakes me up at 7 a.m. on Saturday morning and says, oh, hey, hey Corey, I- I'm at the hotel. He's in the lobby of the hotel eating the hotel breakfast when no one's heard from him for 24 hours, and he's about 450 miles from where he was supposed to be.
1: Ladies and gentlemen, this is, this is grassroots basketball and its <laughs> finest – and if if you you wouldn't probably believe these stories unless you you knew that the characters involved uh in the scene um but I can absolutely confirm that this without a doubt happened
0: i told uh, the story to yeah. a bunch of people and nobody was surprised at all
1: yeah it, it, i mean just with with the the characters uh in the world of basketball i mean you know it's like I mean everybody's got their own uh personality quirks and uh it's what makes it great so you you get down there to to uh Atlanta and kinda uh you know I think people have a little bit of a misconception about you know what big boy travel basketball is and what it kind of set the Give us the, the setting here uh, in Atlanta and, and what the feel is like down there at, a, at an EYBL event. Well, the
0: thing about the EYBL that I always tell people in, in my city of Cincinnati, Dayton, you know, or anybody from anywhere, but I talk to a lot of Cincinnati kids, and it's inevitable when you talk to young guys in the state, coaches especially, they be like, you know, well, man, I'm going to get my team together and we're going to get invited to the EYBL. And I try and tell them, like, that's not a good idea. Because as much as you think that it's so great and the exposure opportunity is there, and it is, but you've got to be good enough. And, you know, exposure isn't always a positive word. And I think that's one of the biggest misconceptions out there in travel basketball. And, you know, so there's some kids who get, instead of getting exposure, get exposed. And, you know, they find out that, man, we're maybe not quite the player that we thought that we were. But um, the atmosphere down there is just—I mean, it's unbelievable. I mean, and I'll tell you, I was at Adidas, um, the regional event, not a national event, but the regional Adidas event um, in uh, like mid to late April, and that was good. But Nike's another level. Uh, The high major talent is just is just transcended. Every team's got multiple high major guys. Every team almost has a guy who you could say, yeah, I can see him in the NBA in five years. It's just – and then the young kids are just as good. And, you know, our Ohio kids, if you look at some of just the Midwestern teams in general, when we go down there, we're not going to have the athleticism um, of some of the bigger markets. Or it seems like some of kind of the southern markets um, tend to have these just high, high-level athletes. Our guys are more strong. They're more skilled. They're more tough. They're more high-IQ players. And, you know, when our, for our kids to be successful in Ohio – you, you really have to kind of dictate the style of play. And I think that's what the Ohio teams weren't great at in Atlanta, with the exception of uh, the 16-and-under group uh, NEO True Game, who actually went 5-0. and But the, uh, the Ohio team struggled, and I think that was kind of one of the big reasons why. You can't just out-talent people at that level. You know, you've got to really, really play a structured style, which can be hard when you know, there's a lot of turnover in the roster from year to year.
1: So I'm going to run down through this real quick. Um, in Atlanta, uh, in the 17U, which is the EYBL's oldest division, um, which, you know, is their, is their bell cow, um, all Ohio played four games in league play uh, in the first leg. Um, they go one and three, uh, but were pretty competitive against a very good Oakland Soldiers team, um, they took an L there. Uh, they end up beating Expressions Elite out of Massachusetts. Um, and then they lose their last two to Team Durant, uh, D.C. area team. And then they lose to a kind of a, a rivalry game. They lose to Space and Heat, uh, 86-71. Um, Corey, you know, I wasn't there just kind of from what I've gathered from you guys. It, it looks like um, – all Ohio, you know, they go one and three, uh, very competitive against the Soldiers, uh, but they, they get by Expressions Elite, but, you know, they lose a couple of lopsided games to, to close the weekend out down there. Just from, from listening to you guys and, and some re- research and reading, it looked like Javon Garcia and John Hughley were kind of um, uh, far, away, far and away the two best guys for them down there.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And
1: Hugley is one that he was as good as his teammates
0: sometimes. And when they did a good job of getting him the ball, he was really effective. And, you know, like any young big, you know, as the game wears on, he uh, got a little frustrated that they didn't get him a ball. And it was justifiably so because they weren't scoring when they weren't getting the ball. But he's so big and strong, even at that level, he's just so much stronger than guys that he can be effective around the rim. Uh, With John Hughley, though, I think the two things that stood out to me, number one was his improved conditioning. Not only does he, like, just look better from an eye test standpoint, but, like, he played major minutes. EYBL plays four nine-minute quarters, and they're long games. And he played, I'm going to just take a guess, 28-plus minutes a game. That's tough when you're you're 6'8", and you weigh what he weighs. So that was impressive. And then just his heart. I mean, he just played a lot, lot harder. You know, than we maybe would have seen him last year at 16 and under. So he made big strides, and that's the reason, in my opinion, why you saw you know 10 high major schools already jump in and extend him scholarship offers, and he already had high major offers going into the weekend, but he really saw his stock go up. Uh, Garcia was an interesting one, uh, played off the ball primarily. Uh, a couple other Columbus kids, uh, Dominique Penn and C.J. Anthony, played mainly on the ball, and Garcia – you know, everybody knows he's, he's a good athlete. Everybody knows he can create with the dribble, especially in an AAU game where it's a fast-paced game, and he was making shots. When he makes shots, he's tough to guard because of all his physical tools, and he's also a kid. He's a tough kid. Uh, he's going to defend. He's going to do some other things, so uh, didn't see any new offers for him. I still don't know if he's doing the prep school thing. He's got plenty of good mid-major opportunities, and he wants to take an offer right now as a high school senior, but along with um along with Hughley, those were the two standouts, and from a scoring perspective, I would think Dominic Penn was probably third.
1: Yeah, so you got Garcia, who was just a shade over uh twenty two points a game in those four wow. games down there and that I mean you know that's that's impressive uh, he, yeah, then you got uh Dominic Penn, uh Marcus Johnson, who's uh you know just a big time athlete. Uh, out of Columbus South, and then C.J. Anthony, uh, who just won a state title at Harvest Prep. Uh, who Who is this uh, Michael Knoll? He's an unsigned
0: senior, um, played with D. Miller Elite, which is a Kentucky-based team that had almost all Cincinnati kids okay. um, last year and a 17-year-old last year. And he's an unsigned senior from Buckeye Local High School, and you're going to know more than I am where that's from.
1: Yeah, I've actually I had never heard of that kid before, um, so I, it was kind of surprising when I saw his name in the in the box score. But um, you know, it's it's interesting how all Ohio has kind of had to piece together this team this year at the uh, 17U level. Uh, a couple of things that go against uh, things that Jerry Watson has done in the past, and, and a lot of that is because uh, 2019, 2020 are not some of Ohio's stronger classes depth wise. And, and when you've got three shoe company teams, uh, in Ohio, you know, kind of waters down. If all the high major guys were playing on one team, you know, you have a little bit of a different, uh, feel, but these guys are so split up over these three teams. And even some of the non-shoe sponsored team have some of these, you know, top, top, Notch guys, and, and that's really hurting Ohio, especially Red. Now, having to go over some 2019 guys, some got post grad guys, uh, and, and even you know, thinking about bringing guys up, which is things that Jerry does not typically do. Well, let me say this,
0: Dubs. So, you also got to look at this um, the number one or number two Ohio based junior 2020 kid will be Zach Loveday. He's playing on an out of state team, he's playing on a Pittsburgh, West Virginia based team called uh, Wildcats. So is Luke Frazier, one of the better guards? I think I have him as the number one shooting guard on my website. He's playing with the Wildcats select team. You got three kids from Cincinnati who all have Division I offers. Uh, Jackson Ames was committed to Miami, Ohio. Mark Wise and Max Land. They're all with Manimal Elite as is Paul McMillan, who's a younger kid, but he's playing up. And then I had one other one. Oh, Nikai Smith um, from Cincinnati Taft. Very good Division I quality talent. Is playing with Indiana Elite, so not only I agree with you, and then you also got to factor in kids are going out of state now, which is not good news for something like Ohio Red.
1: Yeah, I mean that's that's a very good point by you. That, that's not even really something I was even. I mean, because you got me thinking there, like even down in the 16s, you got Logan Logan Duncan now at Moeller. I mean, he's going, he's out of state now. With he's with Elite too, right? Indiana Elite. Correct. Okay, so All Ohio, uh, you know, does not. Start off the way they want. They'll get another chance uh, at a at a quartet of games. Uh, the EYBL will be in, in Indiana, and in Indianapolis uh, this coming weekend. Um, they will have four more games. Uh, they will get three and one Seattle Rotary out of Washington, the state of Washington. They will get uh, Team United, which they should have a chance for a win there. They're zero and four, and then they end the weekend with the Alabama Fusion, who was four and zero in Atlanta, and then. Team Why Not, who is uh, three and 3-1 out of Cali. Um, those last couple of games there, Alabama Fusion has six guys averaging the double figures, and then, uh, you know, a lethal combination there with Team Why Not with uh, Namari Burnett, who might be the best scorer in the country, uh, and then also a kid that I really, really like, Addison Patterson, uh, north of the border kid. Uh, so it's going to be another tough week. Uh, coming up for all Ohio out there in Indy. Well,
0: there's nothing like a kid from Canada playing with a team from Los Angeles.
1: Yeah, those are um, those uh are on the map, uh especially where where uh, Addison is from. So, interesting. Uh nonetheless, but uh so all Ohio will uh will move on to Indy this weekend and you mentioned uh NEO True Game, um one of the tougher teams in the state of Ohio. Uh in the 16U division uh, in Atlanta, I have them at five and zero. They actually played uh, all Ohio Red 16s down in Atlanta, and I believe they won like 60 to 42. Um, were you at that game, Corey? When those two teams locked it up? I was at that game,
0: and that that margin sounds right. I think I got up with like a minute to mm-hmm. go. Um, but yeah, um, true game. controlled it from literally from the jump.
1: What uh, what can you what, what is True Game? What can you tell us about True Game? I know there was a kid um, from St. Vincent, St. Mary's that really started to blow up there. Um,
0: Absolutely. So the thing about True Game is this if you look at the 16 and under Nike EYBL, and even if you want to talk about somebody like All How Red at that age group, who I'm not sure what their, I think they went two and two down there, if I'm not mistaken. Correct. Um, okay, they did. So if you look at True Game versus All How Red on paper talent, very similar. If you look at true game versus the other teams they beat, they probably have less really, really well coached. A lot of continuity. Almost all. I think the only new kid is uh, sincere Harris from North Can Hoover. Who's actually playing up. Everybody else was there last year and they just play really hard. They're well coached. They play together. And what they needed was the kid from Akron, St. Vincent, St. Mary's Malachi Branham, uh, a six, four, six, five wing. They needed him to step up and, you know, be the guy. And that's exactly what he did. He was, Tremendous in Atlanta. He was even better, probably, in Fort Wayne this weekend. And he's emerged as one of the the top scorers And he's a kid. He always had the ability. It was just a matter of like, is he going to be aggressive consistently? Is he going to go get his? Is he going to try and dominate the game? And he's done that. And uh, one quick story about him, real quick, uh, I thought was really an indicator of what type of kid he is. I never talked to him before. And uh, since he was playing so well, I figured I'm going to grab his picture. I use it on my website at some point. And this was after they won a buzzer beater over a team from uh, New Orleans. And Anthony McComb from Dayton Thurgood Marshall had hit the buzzer beater. And after the game, I said, hey, Malachi, you know, here's here's who I am. Let me grab your picture from my website. And he was like, all right, cool. But really, you should take Anthony's picture because he's the reason we won the game. (laughs) I'm like, you know, at that age, not a lot of kids do that. So I was just real impressed
1: with that kid top to bottom. Yeah, I noticed in your write-up you had mentioned that uh, he was playing with more aggression and confidence and energy. Uh, And and that's something that you started to see a sneak peek of uh, at the state tournament there uh, back in late March. Uh, And I'm glad to see that that – I mean, because he – all the tools are there uh, for him to take that next step. So I'm glad. And those are two big stages, Atlanta last weekend and Fort Wayne this weekend. And I know he caught some attention – of some of the the Midwest scouts, the national scouts. So that's uh, that's really good to hear on his part. Uh, so True Game uh, leaves Atlanta at five and zero. Oh, all Ohio Red at two and two, and then um, All Ohio uh, fifteen and under went one and two uh, down there. That they beat a team. This team flight team is from out of Ohio too. Correct? Yeah. Okay, so that's the, that was their win. They lost to Bates Fundamental, uh, Amani Bates' team, and they lost to the family in a tight game. So, all Ohio uh, 15 and U goes one and two in Atlanta.
0: Saw them uh, against Bates Fundamental. Uh, Bates obviously has the guy in Imani Bates, uh, by far the number one prospect in the country, I would think. And uh, they had a solid group. Um, Bowen Hardman from Cincinnati, Princeton made a lot of shots. Uh, Josiah Harris from Canton, Glen Oak, and small town kid, Stubbs type of guy. Uh, AJ Clayton, uh, six seven kid from uh, Philo High School. Uh, those are probably their three top kids right now.
1: And some other guys. Some other guys you had mentioned uh, in your report that uh, really caught your eye down there. And Jemiah Neal, uh, twenty twenty one from Toledo St. Francis. Obviously, Chris Livingston, uh, the 2022 from uh, Akron Booktel, Bowen Hardman, you'd mentioned 2022 from Cincinnati Princeton, and then some guys you caught in your kind of your honorable mention list that we hadn't uh, uh, noted yet. Trey Woodyard, who plays for that Neo True Game, he's from London, really tough kid, 2021. Skyler Schmidt from uh, Claremont Northeastern, 2021 and Kobe Johnson, a 2021 from Canton McKinley. Uh, anything you want to mention about any of those guys, Corey? Um,
0: All good players. I think the yeah, interesting yeah. one there would be Jemiah Neal from Toledo. Um, a little bit in that Malachi Branham mold. Maybe slightly bigger. Not bigger, actually. Yeah, maybe slightly bigger. Slightly more athletic. More of a forward than a wing. Not as skilled as Malachi, but... On Malachi's level or near his level in terms of upside, hasn't all clicked yet. He's another guy who's play- – he always played hard. It was just a matter of what can he do offensively in terms of, like, knowing how to play the game the right way, just experience and time. And Saw some flashes. He's going to be up and down, but he's got a lot, a lot of ability. Um, Woodyard is a kid who averages huge numbers in high school and is willing to take a backseat true game be a little bit of a spot-up shooter a little bit of a role guy uh same thing with a kid like anthony mccomb who i really like from thurgood and um who are the other ones kobe johnson very good piece for red uh plays in a more structured game i think as the game slows down becomes half-court basketball he becomes one of red's best guys
1: Skylar schmidt was he was he playing with true game
0: yeah he was the true game okay. uh, I think he's okay. been with them for a while and uh yeah, right he's a uh, small town kid i did go see his high school play this year and um he's kind of a junkyard dog rebounder um i was surprised how productive he was against some of the big time athletes in the eybl and he had a really good weekend and you know does score a lot of points not going to jump off the page but you know does some things well and thought he was solid in fort wayne as well
1: so speaking of fort wayne uh this is usually uh just an, a smorgasbord of Ohio teams, which it, it was. And um, if you remember, this used to be, this used to be one of the few places where, you know, uh, you could catch some of the better Ohio matchups. Where t- like a lot of times these teams don't play in the same tournaments. Uh, but we, we were missing, we were missing one of the pieces to the puzzle this past weekend that uh, their seventeens and sixteens were not in Fort Wayne, which was C two K. I believe they were in New Jersey.
0: Um, they were, and then um, OBC seventeen and under team was not there. I know they were on the schedule, but that was actually their second team. Okay. So the the main Ohio teams at seventeen and under were was really all Ohio Red, and then uh, Noble Village and non team had a great great run. Um, I feel like I'm missing somebody. Those are the main ones. Um, 16-and-under was the really heavy hitter Ohio division where you had Ohio Red, NEO True Game, and OBC. Really competitive game Saturday uh, between OBC and NEO True Game. Um, OBC had the lead most of the game. True Game ended up winning a close one. And then 15-and-under, you had Team Flight out of Dayton, who was really, really good, turns some heads. Um, you have Ohio Red. You had OBC, and uh, you had uh, c 2 k Elite.
1: So, looking at the uh, the the way this works uh, is the platinum bracket is your is your best uh, bracket, then gold, silver, and bronze. Um, and the way they do it in Fort Wayne they they super pull, they super pool some of these pools, uh, so all these teams uh, eventually in the super pools will make the platinum bracket. Um, from Ohio, speaking just strictly out of 17U, um, some of the teams that played uh, pretty well, uh, Mid-Ohio Pumas, uh, Stive, and Slash Keys, uh, they were 2-1 and one in pool play. You mentioned All-Ohio Red. Uh, they lost 77-74 in the semis to the Nova Village team that you mentioned. Uh, that Nova Village team finished runner-up. They got beat by a very good Indiana elite team. Uh, Hidden Gems Black was two and one in pool play. Um, Grassroots Elite out of Cincinnati was three and zero in pool play. All Ohio Gold three and zero. All Ohio Cleveland three and zero. Ohio Varsity two and one. Uh, Mid Ohio's Pumas Beard two and one and All Ohio Black two and one. Those were all the teams above five hundred in pool play. Um, Corey, were you able to see the or? or Get any information about that semifinal game between All-Ohio Red and Nova Village?
0: Um, no, I took off Sunday about 11.30. I'm, you know, with you mentioned it earlier in the pod. With um, the 2020 class in the Midwest and maybe even the state of Ohio, definitely the state of Ohio, being a little down, felt like I'd seen everything I needed to see by just going after it. Um, and every time slot Friday and Saturday. So I left on the earlier side Sunday. Uh, did not... See game, did see Nova Village play twice, and saw Ohio, who they picked up a kid named Garvin Clark, who's going to be a big piece for them, but saw them play
1: twice, but did not actually get to see them play each other. Was, uh, was Garcia with all Ohio this past weekend? He was not. I didn't think so. Uh, I I saw they went one and two in pool play, and then um, obviously took the L in the semis. That, uh, that Nova Village team... Has a couple of 2019 kids, uh, both from Pickering and such. Jay Rogers, uh, who hit a big shot against those guys. um, And also uh, Sam Towns, the other Pick Central 2019 kid. Uh, So kudos to Nova Village. They run a really good program.
0: uh, Sorry to interrupt yourselves, but how about this? Um, Everybody assumes, I don't think people know, Nova did that without their 6'10 kid, Hayden Stone.
1: Okay, the kid had, from Kerry. Uh, yep.
0: Yeah, Kerry, Ohio. He had problems this weekend. He wasn't there, so um, they deserve even more credit for doing that. You know, beating an Ohio Red team with John Heatley without their actual true post.